Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and an extremely special guest. You have seen this guy on the silver screen in movies like Identity Thief with people like Jason Bateman, Melissa McCarthy. You've seen him on TV shows like Walking Dead, Marvel's. Hawkeye, and if you really want to go back, you Let's even go. saw him do a cameo on Bloodline. Damn. If you tune into Netflix shows. Damn. He is my friend. He is a Hollywood actor. He is here to talk to us about his latest passion project. Yeah. Talking mugshot to Marvel. Boom. He is Lyman High until you die. Let's go. Carlos. Navarro. Sir, what an intro. Thank you so much for driving the seven miles (laughs) from your house Ah. to get to our office studio to be a guest on the Lone Officer Podcast. Sir, it is so good to see you. And um, you are a person that has had a big influence in my life. You You were there for me in a moment when I was... Uh, in a transitional period. Uh, and uh, maybe we'll get to that later on. But I just want to say thank you for that up front. And it's a pleasure to be here with your amazing, amazing team. You're very welcome. You know what's crazy is I know the story you're going to tell because you told it to me about a month ago when you and I had, had connected. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. Yeah, no. But essentially, like, look, I am a loyal, like we joke, we went to the same high school, right? Yeah. So Lyman High School in Longwood, Florida is the high school that Carlos and I went to. Uh, we're a year apart. I may look younger, but actually I'm older, right? So I was class of 97. He's class of 98. We both love and still love Gail Goodridge, oh, Miss G. Oh, yeah, that's TV, the G. TV production. That that was our commonality. Yeah. We both were in TV production for all four years of our, of our high school tenure. Um, and there was a time that my son, who played youth sports, needed a photographer. Now, he didn't need shit. Actually, my wife <laughs> <She> wanted <laughs> pictures of our kid either at the baseball field or the football field. And, you know, I'm on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my boy Los. Man. Oh, he's, he's doing photography. Yeah. So I just did what came natural, which was, hey, I'm going to reach out to one of my own. I'm going to take care of my people and uh, see if he wants this gig. What I didn't know is that it was at a time of transition in your life Ooh. where that 100 bucks or 200 bucks that you charged us, that was like groceries. It was a huge deal. That was groceries. Wow. So that was before Marvel. That was <laughs> way before, before Marvel. Yeah, wait. Yes. I got my groceries paid now. Yeah. I can get whatever I want. I don't get the super brand. I'm getting the good <laughs> stuff ice cream. Uh, no, absolutely, dude. I clearly, we were gig to gig. We were so young. We just, you know, we were starting this photography business. I was I was fired from a consistent gig. And, and yeah, we, we were like, whoa, can you think you can take pictures in sports calls? I'm like, yeah. So I posted a couple of sports pictures. Luckily, you saw this was the beginning days of Facebook. And uh, and thank you, man, because, yeah, it was uh, it was nice. And I, I always remembered that in the sense that I knew you kind of didn't need to. You could have come with anybody and you were and you treated me with a lot of respect because you could have been like a dick and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. he's put on his cleats over there. Why don't you uh, get a couple shots of his tootsies? You know what I'm saying? Like, but you were totally cool and and I love you for that, man. So I appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome and thank you for remembering because honestly, I probably would have forgot That's like, that you even came out and like took pictures of Jackson, who the, by it, the way is now 18 and graduating high school. The, but, okay, okay, exactly. Yeah. But Dustin, that's life, man. Yeah. That's so the messed up thing, the good and the bad, that you can say something to somebody that you will forget by the time you walk out of the door and they will change their entire life because you said it. Yeah. No. That's the that's the power of words and the spells and actions that you can take on people. No, that that is amazing. Um, hey, do this for me real quick. I'm, I'm curious, naturally curious. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up wanting to be an actor? Like... I grew up wanting to be in the movies, wanting to direct. Okay. And like as an eight year old, you were like, okay. I know it's weird, but I was always drawing and I knew I want. And then, and then one day when I watched Steven Spielberg's ET, that really connected with me. And I was like, what is this world, this magical world? And my dad had all these 
back in the day, we had these things called VCR tapes. And uh, my dad would record stuff on HBO. He'd put it up on the wall. And I was like, all right, well, let me start watching these. And I put on Jaws and E.T. And yeah, he had a couple pornos in there he forgot about. And then, you know, I watched those too. Fast Cars, Easy Women. And you'd have Kanji uh, <laughs> and Ziggy and Lance oh, yeah. all coming oh, over. Oh, yeah, we all did. We know it. And you know my boys. And so I always would escape into these films and I was blown away by them. And then the theme parks opened up here in Orlando. Yeah. And uh, I Probably got the Universal yes, specifically. Yes. yes. But and, 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 and so I was like obsessed with going to the theme parks and trying to meet Steven Spielberg. I would spend my summers going to, because back in the day, you get like a ticket and you get the next day free. So me and my friends would ask everybody at the park, can I have your ticket? Can I have your ticket? And we go all summer long, me and my boy at Universal. So I was obsessed with the movies, but no clear path and no connections. And then I took TV production. And with the same class and the same amazing teacher. And she believed in me. She's like, hey, you're special. You're, you're, you can do stuff that others can't. I remember like, whoa. And my mom was the only one who said that. And so I would make these movies. And then I got on the radio and kind of forgot about movies and TV. And then I took an acting class and it got me, oh, damn. I'm so, and, and, and kind of the same thing. I took an acting class. I wasn't that serious about it because I took it to direct. Okay. And this amazing acting teacher, God rest her soul, Yvonne Suhor, I took it. I was like, ah, screw it. I'll take it. I was thinking, like, and everybody's there very serious about it. And I was like, blase about it. And I go and I do my scenes, and she'd be like, God, I can't. I'd be like, well, oh, thanks. You know? And then after one scene, because she goes, who wants to be a professional actor? She'd ask it every class. And I never raised my hand. I was always just like, I'm doing radio. I'm going to direct. This is, I don't know. And then one day, I did a scene from Basketball Diaries or something like that. Okay. And I and I remember you would be a perform- that was with Julia Stiles basketball hours. No, 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 that's uh, love and basketball. Okay, <laughs> no, I would have done that one too, but I wasn't cute enough. Okay. You know, I, and, you know, I'm playing the roughed out, you know, druggy in the back and Mala, you know, I'm doing the scene. I'm drunk. Mala, the class stands up and I I'm, I eat it up. I'm a ham, you know. And I go backstage and the acting teacher sits me down and she puts her hands on her shoulders. She goes, "You have a gift, Carlos, and you have to do this for a living." How old were you? Uh, 20, 22. Okay, so you're still young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, This wasn't something that you're like, I was like mid-30s and (laughs) I was kind of bored in between gigs and I decided on to be an actor. You know, at the time I thought I was old getting into it. I really thought, you know, because I'd gotten into radio so early at 17, but 22 felt like a lifetime, you know? And so, um, but it was all for for a reason. And she's passed on, like I said, and... And um, and it was it was definitely that moment I took it serious. I was like, okay, now I'm now I'm now I'm the asshole if I go blah, blah, blah. So I was like, let me start. And so I literally looked at it like a blue collar job. I was like, I'm gonna do this until I'm dead. So let's just where do we start? What's the first one? Uh, independent movie on a on a student film. All right, let's go. Yeah, sure, let's go. Same mentality of how I got into radio. And then literally you could timeline the whole thing all the way up to, a, you know, a student film and then a lead in that. And then, you know, a play where I was a lead and then you got a, well, a small commercial, then an extra part. And then the, it wasn't ever this massive jump until I booked Identity Thief. OK. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't know Carlos the way that, that I do, or really, honestly, most of Central Florida knows him. You mentioned it twice now. He started at 17 years of age, recent high school graduate, interning at a local radio station, a radio station that I tune into, a radio station in a format that helped shape me into having the courage or the envy to want to have my own show, nice. i.e. a podcast and not a syndicated morning or even afternoon talk radio. But you got into talk radio when talk radio was literally hitting its peak, right? Mm, yeah. Howard Stern's at the top of his game and Bubba the Love Sponge was at the top of his game. And you came in as an intern, the show, has been multiple names at the time. It was probably Monsters of the Midday. No, nope, it was actually Russ and Bo and Dirty Jim at the time. Wow. Yeah, Russ, yeah, Bo yeah. and Dirty Jim. And then Jim. it turned to Monsters. It was just kind of turning to Monsters of the Midday. Okay. And then, yeah, eventually Monsters in the Morning. Yep, and then Monsters in the Morning. So this is a the number one radio show in Orlando 
for two plus decades, right? Yeah. yeah. So you came on as the intern. At some point, they wouldn't call you by your name. <laughs> yeah, very Kid- early on, it was like a, a, at the time, a 90s. I was 98. It was 98 Black Bean. God, and how I, racist. You know what's funny? <laughs> at the time, and ironically, it's like a bigoted term because it's not only race, but um, I think as a 17-year-old, as a and like being Cuban, and my mom made black beans all the time. I never put. The, I was like, "That's cool." Yeah. <laughs> like I wasn't like, oh, "I'm offended." I was like, "That's pretty cool, black bean. That's pretty fun, you know." So it wasn't until later that like redneck racist motherfuckers would be yeah. like, "Hey, Beaner," and I was like, "Oh, oh damn." damn. Well, one. Uh, so so yeah. So he was black bean as a character. Yeah. 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 On, yeah. on this show. Today, if you tune in, and you should, it's it's 104.1 on your radio dial if you are in Central Florida, or check them out on iHeart. I don't really know how iHeart Radio works. It's just like a, every other streaming app. It okay. provides, you know, you can go to a station. It's really great, actually, and um, and uh, you can listen to us live on there, too. So it's taken over what syndication kind of used to be, you know, the accessibility of it. JC says that we're on iHeart, by the way. You are. You yep. Are. I said, JC, are we on iHeart? He goes, yep, I have us everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. That's where you guys are. I was like, okay, perfect. Good, yeah, yeah, But, yeah, but you can listen to Carlos every single mon- morning, Monday through Friday. Yeah, there's on a difference. On 104.1, right? Yeah, it's funny. I was just speaking with the president of iHeart. We just had a big meeting with him, and... You know, in this day, age of podcasts, everybody had everybody all of a sudden is a podcaster. Everybody's all of a sudden uh, an influencer. And the difference is, and it's a little bit about what we talked about, is we have to protect a license. Similar to how you have a fiduciary responsibility to your clients, mm-hmm. as opposed to somebody who didn't take those classes and didn't build the business, fly-by-night guys and girls. Uh, that's what I see a lot of people trying to take the title of what we are. And I know it sounds kind of elitist, but we're broadcasters. Yeah. We have this amount of time and this amount of time to convey a point. We have to hit these certain marks. We can't say certain things. We have to protect the license. There are people listening. We do have corporate sponsors as opposed to something else. I, I know you would crush that format. You know, you'd probably thrive in some scenario like that. And that's a big, big difference of something that not everybody does anymore. Yeah, well, I would crush it except for how many actual eight-second delays do you have? We have two, two, we have sixteen. We have, I mean, it kind of actually is different. So we have uh, two eight-second delays, and then uh, if you blow through both of those, then you have to like have yeah. some dead air until you yeah. get caught back up. But man, you know what, Dustin? You, you hear you how much I curse? Yes. I curse offline. I you know, and I very rarely. It's something you kind of take pride in. You yeah. know, it's like you think about like we were on Sirius where we could curse and we could say whatever the f- we wanted to. And we did an hour we, when we took over for Howard Stern when he got fired in 2000 and after the Janet Jackson thing. Mm-hmm. We were hey, you guys are in mornings. What? Like, we got to wake up at what time? And I remember going up in the elevator with Johnny from Johnny's house at 4.30 in the morning, 4 in the morning, all bright-eyed and perky. He's like, you ain't going to last like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he was still the coolest dude. I love Johnny. And next thing you know, we're in the mornings. We've taken over for Howard, and we did this hour where we're allowed to basically do whatever we want because it's a, in serious and not uh, okay. terrestrial. And, man, we went off. We started being like, ah, fuck this. I'm going crazy. And then after a while, we resorted kind of back to how we were comfortable with. And, and man, I say today I played the role on the radio. Ready? of the marketing director of the drug cartel. Good to see you again. Welcome back to Mexico, where your cocaine is fantastic. Okay, on one end. Yeah. And then I played a gay black strawberry daiquiri owner who's upset at Russ. Why are you saying that should be discontinued? And Russ has white guilt, so he purchased a case of it. Okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> he, so we're doing stuff that yeah. if they put it, I, I know it sounds cocky or whatever, but... Man, we do a lot of shit on this radio show that just not a lot of people aren't doing. It's not a basic show. We have a lot of freedom. We do five hours. Wow. Six to, to 11. 11. Every day, 15, five, three 15 minute breaks, and we destroy. Yeah, no, you do. And have for, yeah. for I mean, I'm, I am a fan. I know, bro. Of, I appreciate of the it. show. Yeah. yeah. Had I not started, started getting into triathlons where I wake up at 445 and I started my workout at 530. Mm hmm. I'd be tuning in. I know. No, you yeah. know what? Here's the beauty of on demand, bro. Oh, Listen to it on YouTube. Look at that. You know, we got our, we're on YouTube. In fact, that's where we've really grown our our show even more. Like our fan club is kind of lives on our Monsters in the Morning YouTube page, which I would highly recommend go and subscribe. Great people on there, and it really rejuvenated this 
this kind of behemoth of a show that we kind of been doing for so long. And now we're doing back old retail school politics, going to all the cities in Florida and people are coming out. Cause after COVID man, I think we just had this giant vacuum of connectiveness. If that's even a word, uh, you know, of us wanting to get out there and, 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 and talk to people. And so that's where we're at. Cause I was in the studio for most of the time, a little hole, either I was in New York or I was in Atlanta or because I was shooting. And, and so I was very separated for a long time and it took me a long time to kind of like okay i want to be back out there yeah how many uh, cities are you all in right now as, oh, as just, the radio show as the radio oh, uh, show just orlando just yeah, orlando yeah. okay yeah, yeah yeah but when i say that we go to we really hit a lot of the cities that aren't our market brevard county yes. tampa lakeland okay. we go these aren't our markets but we go out and hundreds of people show up it's it's really honestly quite amazing considering how long we've been doing it and that like literally dude if i meet somebody and they're like hey i've been listening to the show for four years i'm like oh you're a new listener yeah you know like that's it like people pride those like think of the show you love that you've listened to since the beginning yes that's and i know you're a fan but you yeah. know as you say like just like i pride myself on rogan like i'm like man i've been listening to rogan since he had like a hundred thousand on like you know like you kind of like that you know and or any other fan of the show of a show that i am you know so I just love our listeners, very loyal. Even when I wasn't on there, they were extremely uh, loyal. Yeah. Did you listen to the Rogan interview with, um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, the big country music singer with the big beard? Yes. Uh, 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 what's his name? Um, uh, Luke Holmes. Luke Holmes. I heard a little bit and I thought it was fantastic. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, my, yeah. My problem is I don't have three hours. Yeah. Uh, so I have to listen to Rogan in over like a course of a week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yes, I turned it on recently. I had a hard time flipping over when he went to Spotify. Yeah, me too. I'm an, I'm an Apple person. Interesting. I'm and, a YouTube guy. And so I would, I would listen to him through YouTube. I never downloaded the podcast. Even though I have Spotify, yeah. I haven't still made that transition over. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I consume the clips and stuff. Even you know, Unless I really, really like the guests, then I'll go and I'll find it. Offline, I do want to pick your brain about the YouTube Live. Because mm -hmm. John and I, ready guys and girls? Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and yep. girls. We will be launching a third weekly okay. episode and it is going to be a live episode and we're looking for the proper channel to do this live show and i'm thinking it's probably going to be uh youtube i think we're going to do youtube live produce it here out of the studio uh, office oh bring, bring in a production crew okay i'm we have a meeting next week all right with the production crew so by the time you're listening to this i'm probably going to be at that meeting Right, because today's a Friday. Right. We're, we're recording on a Friday. This mm -hmm. is going to drop on a Tuesday. Okay. So by the time our listeners are tuned in, mm -hmm. I'm going to be putting the wheels in motion to do a third episode, a live episode, where we can have better interaction with our fan base. That's what they want. That's what they want. They want to, you know those big blues looking right here and answering questions that will satisfy their little hearts. You're a live kind of guy, man. You're a live kind of guy, and you're, you'll thrive in that environment, and so does not surprise me. I can't wait. I can't wait. So I, I do want to get into the real reason you're here, and it's okay. not for you and I to shoot the shit and get called up, although <laughs> although I bet some people would enjoy listening to us just, yes. just do that. Yeah, like, sure. Just do that. Um, two things before we, we, we pivot. Okay. I appreciate how delicately – and how softly you let me down when you also said, sit down, boy, and shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Because I made a comment that um, your moniker, Black Bean, was racist. You're like, well, technically, being Hispanic is not a race. It's an ethnicity. So, therefore, uh, it's bigotry. I appreciate that, Carlos. <laughs> Many other people did not pick that up. But this dude did. Well, thank you. I, yes. You know, it's funny because it's something that I've grown up with being light-skinned, uh, Hispanic. And uh, I've always been, uh, uh, you know, oh, you're not Hispanic enough. That's always been my thing. Yeah. It was especially growing up. Not, not anymore. Not since the, the awakening of equality. Yeah. Soldier justice now. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Is that even from a movie <laughs> or is nothing. that from literally Carlos? That's okay. from my ass. Just, uh, uh, I don't know what JC put in your coffee, but please put some in mine. No, that's just me being silly because it just changed so much since when I we were in high school. Mm -hmm. Like, people could open like, you're not Hispanic, you're not black, or you're yeah. not dark enough. Like, and I'm like, hey, you're Alfano, do not Alfano be Puerto Rican kids who don't speak Spanish to yeah. me coming up to me saying, I'm not Hispanic enough, and they don't even speak Spanish. Yeah. And I'd be like, what? So it was very confusing for me. 
So when I really being a light skinned Hispanic guy, yeah, 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 I was always like, do I hang out with the white people or do I hang out with the Hispanic people? And so I kind of went hard in the paint either way, and I realized, oh, I don't have to do either. I could kind of be friends amongst everybody. And but the racist thing is always funny because they consider Hispanic people a race, and Hispanic people are not a race. Yeah, it is an ethnicity. So when somebody hates on a Hispanic person, they are a bigot. They're actually hating on an entire ethnicity of people as opposed to a race of people. So it's something that. You know, well, and 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 truth be told, it's interesting. So I work in the mortgage industry for mm -hmm. those that are tuning in. And look, don't let the name of our show fool you. So if you're a fan of Carlos Navarro and you tuned in, I say thank you. I'm going to encourage you all check out our content. Like we have 300 plus episodes on YouTube. If you don't like watching and you want to listen, we're on Spotify, we're on iHeart, we're on Stitcher, we're on Apple. But this is everything you should have learned in high school, but didn't. Nice. Right? That's our show. So I tell people, don't let the name fool you. I love talking about things that are personal finance, budget, Me career, too. motivating, inspiration. And I love doing it in a like edutainment type platform, right? Let's entertain you while also educating you. Let's talk about everything that they didn't teach you at high school or like maybe even conversations you didn't have at the dinner table growing up Ugh. because A, maybe your family didn't eat dinner together or B, your parents, they didn't know any different. So why would they have a conversation with you about the law 72 or about ROI, right? Like I have a term for that that it doesn't kind of make sense, but I always say it. I call it an American equity built in within yourself, okay? I didn't grow up with that. My dad, first generation American from Peru to New York to here, zero understanding of how American really society works and straight to work and nothing against him. Yep. My mom, similar from Cuba to Miami. So my starting point was not understanding at all how things worked. And, and then growing up in, during 2007, or excuse me, you know, when, 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 uh, when the last recession that we have, yeah, 2007, the real, real bad mm -hmm. one, getting into homes at that time, not understanding. So what I mean by an American equity is even if, let's say you didn't come from the best family here in this country, you still had an understanding of the beginnings of the rules as opposed to somebody coming from here and being like, it's the American dream, just do what you want. That's why I became an actor. Nobody held me back. I love I, it. Nobody I, held me back, and I, and I thank them for that because they were like, if you want to be a janitor, Carlos, you'd be the best janitor. Like that I love, and that's why I had the ability to do what I do today. Nobody shut me down. I, I absolutely love that. It's called the American equity. Yeah, or, it's just because like I think of like equity in a home. Yeah, that you're like, oh, at least we got this equity here, maybe ten G's and maybe five G's, but it's an, it's this equity that we've we've earned, whether for, whether we bought the house ourselves or maybe we were given the house, right? And I always feel like we we just never had that. We just never had that. So for me, I like to call it being in the room where it happens, right? Mm. And I totally steal that from Hamilton. Hell yeah, it is my favorite play. My me wife too. and I are huge theater buffs. Mm -hmm. Uh, have season tickets to the the travel Broadway here at the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Beautiful. Center. We were just in Manhattan. We saw and Juliet, freaking amazing. Top five play. You have to go see it. And Juliet. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. Sure. Drop the Romeo. Oh, Keep the Apresand. Wow. And Juliet. The whole entire story is what if Juliet didn't die? Damn. And they've worked. Shakespeare and his wife, who, by the way, her name is Anne Hathaway, not the actress. Just coincidence. Coincidental. Yeah. Uh, and the entire musical score are songs that you know because it's some famous songwriter who has written, he writes five number, not number one, top 100 hits a year, every year since mm -hmm. like NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. So you're oh, watching Max this. Martin? Yes, Max Martin. <laughs> yes. So it literally is pink. Kelly Clarkson, wow. Backstreet Boys. Like, this is what you're jamming to during this play. Wow. So, I'm going to love but, that. <laughs> 100% you will. But, like, like being in the room where it happens, I want this show to be inviting people into the room where it happens. Or sometimes, you know, growing up, you and I grew up in decent neighborhoods, yeah, yeah, yeah. working class sure, neighborhoods. Sure. But we didn't necessarily have invites to certain tables at the country club yeah. where certain business transactions may or may not transpire. Yeah, yeah. I want to invite people to the table. Gotcha. Like, this show is about that. Like, mm -hmm. whether it's a thought, whether it's a concept, yeah. whether it's just pointing them towards a book or a resource. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, let us entertain you, but let's also invite you into the room where it happens yeah. or invite you to come be a part of our dinner table where maybe you can be exposed to thoughts and concepts that are were otherwise going to be foreign to you yeah. based on your, your upbringing. 
while also having that American equity. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Which is pretty cool. So my last question, then we're going to jump right into it. Mm -hmm. What you're basically doing this weekend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And oh, what yeah, you're yeah. going to be doing yeah, yeah. next weekend and next month mm -hmm, and next mm -hmm. year. And I think it's going to be your... I hate saying your second career, no, no, I know. but the next phase. Yeah, it feels right? like it. The, yeah, the next phase yeah. of Carlos Navarro. Yeah. I'm sure radio will always be a part yes, of you. Yes. Acting is yes. who you are. You yes. are an actor. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, he is an <laughs> actor. He's a paid actor. <laughs> Thank right? you, sir. He makes a living yeah. acting. He provides for his family acting, right? That is what he does. And then he's going to do what he's going to talk to you about. But before we jump into that, what I was curious about from an acting standpoint, and I didn't cover this, mm -hmm. for Inquiring Minds at Home, what role did you play in Walking Dead, and what role did you play in Hawkeye? Oh, sure, yeah. In uh, Walking Dead, I was fortunate to play Alvaro, the uh, loyal knight of the kingdom. Uh, for those who watch Walking Dead, the kingdom was a big part of it, season eight, and it kind of came into the Walking Dead world. I don't, you know, for those who don't know, it's a pretty dystopian world. We were very kingly and medieval, and I was one of the loyal knights who dares trespass on the sovereign nation of the kingdom. Oh, shit, Jesus, is that you? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> and uh, I was very fortunate to really be in some amazing legendary episodes of The Walking Dead, the 100th episode with Andrew Lincoln and Negan fighting. And, and, you know, it's just I got super lucky with the people I got to work with. Uh, uh, nine episodes, two seasons. That's crazy. Uh, you had to learn to ride a horse. Horse had to learn how to ride a horse. Had to learn so much. It was you know you see us out there sweating and dripping, and we were out there doing that. It's it definitely uh, was some of the best and most amazing and most fulfilling experience of my life. It was literally my favorite show. So imagine whatever show you're watching now, right? Oh, you were a super fan of the show, Dustin. For oh. uh, the second I saw the show. And imagine just like imagine like in your world, like in the, and now you're you know in this world, but like in your business world, when you're like you see a building or you see like a company you want to acquire or something, you just can't stop thinking about it, right? <laughs> so that's The Walking Dead, right? I see the show and it blows my mind. I'm like, and we got to remember what Walking Dead did, even if you didn't watch it. It was groundbreaking. It was really unique and really gritty. And I knew they were shooting it in Georgia. And so uh, my daughter is five months old, and I get an audition for The Walking Dead. And I'm just barely scraping by to, to get this house in Winter Park. And we're like, oh, babe, and I look at her, I go, I go, this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is the role. And it's the role. And it's like, here we go. And I'm like rehearsing it over and over. And we're, we, you know, she, and I do it, and I don't hear shit. <laughs> five years later. <laughs> Five years later? Five years oh later. Oh, my God. My daughter is five years old. She's in kindergarten. She's in kindergarten, okay? I have auditioned for The Walking Dead countless times. Fifteen. At one point during this time, I'm literally going like, they can go f*** themselves. <laughs> I'm obviously the guy they're going like, hey, listen, everybody. See that guy? Don't do what he does, okay? We're going to ask him to do this role. And what he does, you do the opposite. <laughs> and we'll book you. And we will book you, right? <laughs> so, but but luckily I learned something in the midst of this five years. Was that I made a decision to never quit auditioning. I, I made a decision. I have a saying. I say, I say, men, you know, make decisions and boys make choices. Okay, because if I was a boy about it, I'd be butthurt, I'd be emotional, I'd be like, this is the seventh time they asked me. And, I'd say, and then I'd see the character that they picked. Now, thankfully, my saving grace was, it'd be like an Asian dude, or and then it'd be like a white guy, like, didn't look like me, I'd be like, all right, he don't look like me. And then one time, like a really good role, the dude didn't look like me, I was like, ah, oh, shit, he just did better than me. And he did. I remember watching it going, damn, he did a better job than me. So imagine the mind fuck yes. of the, and being an athlete, you know, there's a competitiveness like, no, fuck, no, I want to win this. I want, it's my favorite show. I would write it in my notebook. I am on The Walking Dead. I'm meeting Andrew Lincoln. There was nobody telling me this was going to happen. This was lunacy. If you can read these notebooks I have from 2000, whatever, and it looks like a madman is making affirmations. And then I'm napping after essentially giving up on The Walking Dead, mentally I had been like, look, I'm gonna audition, but obviously I don't fucking like Motor. I wake up out of a nap from my, and a, a, a text from my agent, check your email. Fuck. Check the email. 
Scott Gimble, the executive producer of The Walking Dead, would like to audition you for a role. This is not how you get a role. Okay. This is not how so, casting comes down. Okay. This is totally out of the blue. Imagine you wake up and you're like, somebody has a million dollar check and they're waiting for you. And they're, what the f so, so is that like the job interview, like where it's your dad's childhood best friend who owns the company and you just have to not screw it up? Like, just don't screw this up. No, I didn't. I call my agent. I go, she'd already booked other people on The Walking Dead. I go, what yeah. is this? She goes, I don't know. Because Norm normally you get a casting and then you got to do the audition. They don't even know you're they And so I go, okay. So long story short, uh, so shorter, um, I booked this role, okay? And I'm, and they said, hey, I didn't know if I booked it. Hey, get in the car, be in Georgia tomorrow. Seven hour drive, by the Seven way. Seven hour drive. You're, sh you're starting to shoot tomorrow. Um, I can't tell you anything. We're sending over the script. Your character's name rhymes with your name. And boom, my agent says that. And I go, what? I start, I remember the moment. Literally, you're like Carlos, <laughs> Barlos, Mar Tarlos? Mar Marlo, am I Marlo? <laughs> Maybe I'm Marlo. So or remember Alvaro and Navarro. And there it was, right? Yeah. And so. I, and I go, remember I said that, right? And I go and I open up the script and I'm like, and in my head, I'm thinking that I'm taking a shot to the head, like the very first opening page <laughs> that I'm tripping over a log and a zombie's like, eh! you know? And so I'm jumping up and down with my wife. And it's so beautiful to share this with yeah. somebody who was there at my first audition, my first real audition. She was right there, you know? And we're jumping up and down after five years of no's. And I open up the script. And I see this name, Alvaro, that's me. And I can see, I got lines. I'm like, fuck this, scroll, scroll, scroll. Am I dying, am I dying, am I dying? I live, I live! <laughs> and I go straight to Georgia. I shoot Dustin, I shoot five episodes of this groundbreaking kind of time. And then fast forward to the rap party. I would not met Scott Gimble yet. I would not met the guy who that, originally emailed me about that. The executive. I had okay, not met so, him the entire so that, time. I was, I was wondering where that was going because – so he emailed you. His assistant emailed me, said, on behalf of Scott Gimble. Oh, okay. So that's not that's normal. It. Okay. That's yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Okay. But, but, but it was nothing special. It wasn't like – it was just like, oh, for whatever reason, at this point, you received that role. You had to drive to Atlanta. You shot not one but five episodes yes. all in the same day or two. No, 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 no. no. This was over months. You were, were you living in Atlanta or were you commuting? Back and forth, commuting. Back and and forth. I would live there for okay. a little bit. I'd do the radio show. It was it was quite, quite, uh, we really had to have our shit together. Okay. Okay. And, but but you were acting between interview or interviewing, oh, yeah, auditioning, auditioning yeah. uh, when, when your daughter was five months old versus landing the gig when she was five years old. You were, you were booking other gigs Absolutely. in that time frame. It just wasn't on your favorite TV <laughs> exactly. show. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. So, so we're at the rap party. So we're at the rap party. And I tell Kari, who's the plays King Ezekiel, I go, dude, can you introduce me to Scott Gimbel? I would love to shake his hand and be like, dude, thank you. So he's like, yeah, we're going through all these things. I don't even know what the guy looks like. And I turn the corner and goes, and Kari goes, Scott, Scott. And he turns and he sees me and he goes, who dares trespass on the sovereign nation of the kingdom? He starts reading my lines. Wow. And I go, Scott, you know, you knew I, I, I go, I auditioned like a million times for your show. I just like blurted like, he goes, we know we were waiting for the right part. That's no. why I named the character after you. No Alvaro. way. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's freaking awesome. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> And so he was wow. such a good dude. The whole time, it, the role was right there. And the whole time I was like, I'm so far away. So that to me, that's what I'm teaching this week. And that story I tell within oh this workshop. Oh my God. Yeah. Persistence yeah, and consistence. Man. Yeah, man. Literally, yeah. quit. don't give up. What, yeah. What's your thing, boy versus man? Yeah, this, what, uh, you know what? When I was Say when, that again. Boys make choices. Men make decisions. You made a decision. Yeah. Not to give up. Yeah. You made a decision to keep on showing up. Mm -hmm. Keep on putting your best foot forward. Mm -hmm. And eventually, things would fall in line. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, dude. That, yeah. is, that is so freaking cool. Thanks, man. Okay. Well, I don't expect to have enough time, <laughs> but, but I mean, Marvel is such a massive name. Yeah. Right? Marvel. Yeah. And you have a six-episode. Uh, yeah, it's a six-episode limited series, Hawkeye. Yeah. Hawkeye. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and that's that's with Jason. Jeremy Renner. J Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy wow. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. She plays Hawkeye. Yeah. She's a. Uh, both of them. It's a. It was a. Uh, 
it was a dream come true, right? You know, yeah. like to be part of this Mar MCU. I'm part of the MC. Fucking you. Like it's it's you still, and Captain America. Yeah, so you know we hang yeah. out, you know. Yeah. But yeah, to book this role, which they literally selected me from the land, Florida, originally Orlando, Lyman High till I die. An amazing Polish actor, Piotr, and another actor, Alex Ponovic from Canada. They did a world wide search for the three bros hey bro yo what's up yo what's up bro it's me okay enrique the bro <laughs> that's who i play on hawkeye and we were this just amazing crew i've always benefited from being on an ensemble cast i work well with people i'm quick to give an idea i'm quick to take an idea i'm quick to realize i'm sorry i'm quick to like it, it took time but i'm always whether it was on bloodline guess what i was part of the cuban crew yeah whether it's the monsters and you I'm, opened fire on somebody on damn, Bloodline, on, didn't you? On everybody, Papi, yeah. in the strip club, yeah. in the, the Marlin, you talking to me? <laughs> How cool. How cool. That's awesome. Right now, JC is literally shaking his pants. He's like, God, I hope Carlos does not get fired again from Real Radio. <laughs> oh, because no. Dio's going to slide him in here, and he's going to take the seat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna take my seat. No, actually, JC's like, please. He's he hey, he's thinking about calling Panama Jew, thinking Panama Jew still works he there. He does not work here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. say, hey, why don't you let this dude go so I can mm -hmm. like just produce T-Lop yeah. and let Low slide in. Problem is, you and I are so much alike. Yeah, we got a lot of energy. We we would get nowhere. It'd yeah. be fun getting yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be it'd be fun getting there. So I'm gonna ask you something right now. Sure. It's a request. Mm -hmm. One, when you go to write your screenplay. Mm -hmm. Can I be a contributing, silent writer? I want to be a part of that process. I want okay. to be a part of writing a screenplay. Only if it's like a romantic comedy and I have some ideas. <laughs> okay. And I have some people I want in it. No. <laughs> um, you know, I have uh, some screenplay ideas. And now with the advent of ChatGPT, I think we're going to get some of the most. Uh, I'm obsessed with ChatGPT. And, and that's something I'm also kind of teaching this weekend on how to maximize your creativity with it. And I think... You'll have a Carlos Mugshot to Marvel book very soon. Okay. That's already being in the midst of this workshop. And as you know, habit stacking and, mm -hmm. and, you, and, and ha doing things and be like, oh, how do we extrapolate that? Ch Chat GPT is the superpower to do that. And, uh, and so this weekend, doing to the top workshop with the personal development, um, I've been able to do more in, in this month preparing for this workshop adding value than I have in five years. Of because of chat GPT. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah. So I love, if you notice again, you're slick, man. You are so professional and so slick. He basically told me, no, thank you. I have no desire to write with you or to bring you in as as any type of, even if you're non-named and non-credited. You look like a producer. No, no. Yeah, um, no, no that's fine. That's fine. Now, now my, my last request. No, you know, I got just you. Write me I got part. you. Just you write know, me a part. But uh, no, actually what I was going to say is I would never write a romantic comedy. That's like nothing even in remote, even though I'm a comedian at heart, it, like I have some fantasy that mixes with some comedy in there and some other stuff that i would gladly love to work with you my friend are you All kidding right. me you've always been a funny storytelling dude and i think like um, you're living like a reverse me in a way, like where you did all this business stuff up in the front, you know, and now you're doing more entertainment and I'm kind of doing the opposite. Yeah. You know? you say, yeah. I'm the mullet. Yeah. You're the reverse mullet. <laughs> exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. I'm business up front, <laughs> party in the back. You're like, nah, yeah. I partied up front. Oh yeah. Now we yeah. got to go business in the back. Yeah. And let's talk about that. Cause yeah. that is what is really exciting me about this, like Carlos Navarro 3.0, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Like let, let's talk about mugshot to marvel yes let's talk about what you're doing this weekend because today's friday but when y'all listen it would have been had done yeah like what what you just did um and what you're most passionate about so what, what what's going on this weekend that uh that that you're doing uh, wh where was it don't give me the act actual yeah, address yeah. but like where was it how many people do you expect to show up like well luckily I have been doing personal development, speaking and coaching on the side, not doing for years, okay. never fully being like, oh, I'm going to put this together. It was just something I enjoyed and I was busy you know, doing other stuff. And then I really made it the conscious effort. Like, no, uh, I got I, I found a, man a management team found me. I was like, hey, what are you doing? You need to get your shit together. Like you could really be helping people. So I started coaching one on one a lot. And I didn't think I was going to do that. And I learned how much I loved it. Was this after you had 
decided to go dry, sober up, quit drinking, or is this still while you were? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was after okay. that. Yeah, yeah, because okay. yeah, yeah. Good question. Because I should, yeah, that should be clear. When I went quit drinking, I kind of was very open about it. Yeah. And when I got back on the radio, I made a conscious choice to really be vulnerable mm -hmm. and really share that, and really obviously, and that connected with. So I built this huge kind of credibility in a sense that I never asked people for anything. I never said, hey. I need you, other than go see a movie or go and listen to the show, you know, but never like go buy a course or go hear me speak. And now I'm at this point where I've acquired all this knowledge that helped me get from really low place to a place of success in a very difficult field. And not only entertainment, but raising a family, as you know, uh, being a man, quitting alcohol, all these kind of things that a lot of people touch on. And then I kind of put it all together in a mindset experience imagine a tony robbins uh, uh presentation multimedia there's music i'm gonna make you laugh the basis of what i do is it is starts with a notebook remember me telling you about yes. writing down andrew lincoln i tell that story because the research is there and as you know i'm sure you write everything down that's the signal that's our marketing campaign for our actions and so many people forget it takes $150 million to promote Wakanda forever because we forget about it. And guess what it does in your brain when you're not thinking about your goals, when you're not thinking about your own gigantic movie in your head? You fucking forget about it. That's why I write shit down every day. And I have a system, a strategy that can work for anybody. And it's proven to work not only for me, but like, as you know, the most successful people. So that's the workshop over the weekend at this great company called Comulus. Okay. And Is that um, a Florida-based company? Yeah, yeah, out of Melbourne, okay. in Melbourne. And Very so I'll be cool. in Melbourne, and it's about 30 people, and it's really refining. And then we got some others set up here soon, but I really see this being in a giant stage, you know, my energy and being interactive and being something totally different. We're putting in really cool media and pop culture stuff to keep people excited and focused on the task, which is your thoughts motivate your actions, and your actions determine your destiny. Here's what I love about it. It is everything you should have learned in high school. Yes. But you didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like JC has big ass posters made. Mm -hmm. um, we call it like step and repeats. Yeah. Because we started going out in order to get one with, with our fans, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And to interact and make ourselves uh, approachable and also to continue to give back to the community. You we got we to. started doing these live events. Yeah. And he has this big step and repeat that literally says they don't teach this shit in high school. Ah, that's good. And <laughs> and what I love about what you're talking about is just that. And then what I love most is you're speaking from experience. Yeah. You're not like, oh, I read a book, so let me just go and regurgitate what the book said. I'm not saying that doesn't work. That's better than probably nothing. Right, for sure. But what I love is you're like, no, no, no. No, let me talk about all the times in life that I fucked up, mm -hmm. that I failed, mm -hmm. that I made piss poor decisions. Mm -hmm. Like there was four decisions on, on the table. Two of them were good. One was average. And I chose the piss poor one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. not just once, but multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I never gave up. Mm -hmm. I never stopped believing. I never stopped working on myself. Mm -hmm. I figured out what my demon was for yep. you, alcohol. It was. And you talk about it. And I love you for talking about it. Thanks, man. Right. Because I am somebody who I have to have conversations with myself and with others about how I view alcohol, mm -hmm, right? And mm -hmm. there's been many times in my life where I'm like, hey, maybe I'm at a point where it's a, it's a, a, a non-negotiable, right? Mm -hmm. It's a non-negotiable because if I put that into my mouth and I want to start abusing it, mm. and then I've learned nothing good happens. Alcohol especially, man. Yeah, there's not one yeah. time that someone's like, oh my God, so because I got hammered, Something great happened. They've, they've done so many studies on alcohol, and there is zero therapeutic use for it. Yeah. Think about that. It's the most accessible. Over the years, man, I've really, I feel like I've become a hardened person in the sense of like really actively against alcohol. And I, and I, and I kind of, this is the first time I'm really admitting this, to be honest, like in a hardcore sense, I've always been a little apprehensive. Hell, I have a monster whiskey, right? Yes. So like, you know, like I'm not obviously don't drink. Yeah. But man, time and time again, people can't control it. And let's say you're not me, which was I would fucking try and kill you at times on it because like, I'm like, that you would extreme. Rage. You would rage. You would. Yeah. 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 Like you, there's a monster inside of me, dude. Yeah. I know there's a monster inside of you. Yeah. And, and there's a monster in everybody. And if you don't have one, life's going to be fucking tough because you got to bring that monster out when you're trying to pay your bills. You got to bring the monster out when somebody's trying to with you. And so when I drank... Already living in a world where I didn't feel I had anything holding me back. 
Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, what? Man, get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so um, I had to figure that out, man. I had to figure that out. And, and I really feel like most people, maybe 20% of people can really handle their alcohol. And even if it's not the fighting, it's the three beer killer. Do you know what the three beer killer no, is? No, what is that? It's the frog in the boiling water, Dustin. Oh, yes. Yes. I know about the frog in the boiling water. You ready? Yeah. You know, people come home, and, they ha- and, I, and I coach people with this. You know, they're not horrible alcoholics, but they're the three drinker, right? They get home at six. They got all these plans. They're going to hang out with their wife. They're going to actually work, play the guitar because they like it. They have the beer, and all of a sudden the alcohol hits the system. What is it going to do? Boom. It's a, it's a sedative. And then that one beer turns into two because, oh, well, I do want to watch the Netflix show. I got, oh, what is it? The episode we of Love is Blind. Oh, my God. Boomers with uh, Julia this week. <laughs> Honey, bring me another drink. And that's three, right? And by three, if you're not getting up and doing something and you're over the age of 30, what happens next? And then anything you were planning on doing is done for the day. You know how many people I coach that, that I've coached out of that? And I go, just, do you realize this is this? If you take out this little linchpin, you and your wife's relationships get, gets better. Because she doesn't drink, does she? No, she doesn't. It's these little decisions we make that if you don't sit with somebody or you don't write down, they'll indiscriminately fly by. Facts, like hashtag truth, <laughs> hashtag facts, right? I mean, there, there's nothing for me to add to that. So w- when you do these events, like Much Out Tomorrow Marvel is mm-hmm. the name of your presentation. Yes. Right, yes. you're talking about the times that you were arrested, and then you, you talk about where you are today, mm-hmm. landing paid acting gigs, yeah. where you're part of the Marvel Cinematic universe. universe. Yeah, yeah. Like, crazy. like no one can ever take that away from no you. No one. Just like no one can else also take away that mugshot. I know. That you can Google right now. (laughs) Carlos Navarro, Orlando Arrest. And it's me sitting there looking gangster as hell. And that is part of my presentation. Actually, dude, I got to tell you this. You'll love this. It's Lyman Connected. I do the presentation at Lyman, my high school. So this is all of these old connections. And, And connections are everything, guys. You're listening to this because you want knowledge. And Dustin, Jay, they're gonna break that off for you. Connections, or I shouldn't say connections, relationships are everything. My high school teacher, TV production teacher, before I was ever quote unquote famous or spoke on a stage or got anything, I would go back to the school and talk to the kids. And every year I'd go back. Every year I got a little bit more famous. Every year, and to the point when, when I come back now, they got the posters, they're all happy. Yes. And then I said, hey, let me give a speech. Well, I go to give a speech to shoot it, you know, and use it for marketing material and stuff. I'd never done a speech like this before. I said, I'm gonna do mugshot tomorrow. I'm just, fuck it, I'm gonna start, you know? And so I'm going to tell the presentation. Well, gee, before she goes out there, she goes, I'll tell you afterwards. And I go and I'm like, and I see the students. And I go, well, I'm part of it is I'm going to have them write their notebook. And she's like, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. She was like, good luck having high schoolers pull out their notebook. I go, they're going to do it. And I'm going to be, the reason is just like you would sell anything or why would somebody trust you with your mortgage or whatever mm-hmm. you're listening to, your mechanic, why would somebody trust you with their car? Uh, they believe you, right? And for a reason. And so me, I start off, I was like, well, I'm going to do this mugshot to Marvel because I feel that will build me the credibility to understand how bad I fucked up and where I got to, right? So I see the students, I go from mugshot to Marvel, and they stand up and start clapping. These are students at Lyman. Fast, fast 15, 16, 16 year Yep. Fast forward to G afterward, our teacher, she goes, hey, I didn't tell you. These are the worst kids in the school. These are the troubled kids. They were standing up, writing things down because they saw a guy who wasn't like, I built a $17 million business in my garage. (laughs) I drive a Ferrari. I drive a Hyundai Santa Fe, Poppy, because I paid it off a long ass time ago. My my wife drives the Lexus. Okay. Like I'm not, I've done the, I had the BMW. I had the Jag. I had all that shit. I've just learned, you know, step by step on how to kind of get there. So. So, so for people looking to connect with you, Yo. right? And, and not fans. Like, fans, go to IM, uh, IMBD. Yeah, you go to IMDb. You uh, go to, yeah. but like, look, I'm talking, like, real people. Yes. You're like, hey, I, w- I want to learn from him. Yes. I want to hear more about his story. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of similarities in, in his success, his trials, his tribulations. How are people able to either book a consultation to, to talk about one-on-one coaching or group coaching? Mm-hmm. Or if they want to book you to speak for their company, like these – People tune in are like, they work for some of the largest national sales organizations, right? You're talking about real estate, talking about mortgage, life insurance, entrepreneurs, business owners. 
people would want to book Carlos Navarro. Mm, yeah, man. What, 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 how, how do they do that? Thank you. Thank you for setting me up like that, man. Uh, number one, to the top, neverstop.com. How nice is that, right? Wow. You go to the, the, the top, neverstop.com. That's my phrase. To the top, never stop. I do to the, everything's connected to the top because that was my phrase at my lowest point. I created this phrase with my wife when we were broke as shit. We didn't have zero wins. It was our first win. Hey, we got a catchphrase. And so to the top, never stop has become really who I am. And so within there, you'll see the coaching. You'll see the services. And I have a team now, Lori and Jen, who, who really care so much about the mission, which is the passion project, which is Mugshot to Marvel, really helping people uh, get together their lives through their passion and, and, and spark that energy back up. So basically you'll be able to boop, boop, you click a little thing because you're right. You gotta be, you gotta make that decision. And that's actually what I ask people before. Cause I get a lot of emails. Hey, they, they, hey, I just want to talk. I said, no, man, you gotta make the decision that you want to change. And that really kind of gets them thinking, you know, and then, and then, okay. then we can move forward. But I have, I, it's pretty, pretty straightforward, but thank you for asking. Yeah, no. And then for our fans, for the T-loppers out yeah. there, right? If you listen to the show and you are a fan of the show, you're a T-lopper. Yup. Please know that behind the scenes, I'm looking for ways that I can bring Carlos out on the road with us. Yeah. It, it may be a national sales conference yeah. that we host here in Orlando, Florida with 500 mortgage and real estate professionals coming in. It may be in Oklahoma City in October, and it's an event in front of 60 or 70 people. Oh, yeah. But Carlos, I want, I want to introduce you. 3.0 yeah with your story with your coaching with all of your experience your passion that you share to our audience and hopefully our audience will then take it and share it to their employers and their friends and Beautiful. the business community you cool with that absolutely it's uh it's a whole world that i'm really opening up my arms to and so absolutely man that would be great i'd love to love to travel with uh with you go all over oh i've never been to oklahoma nor have I. That's what we're really? trying to get there. Oh, yeah, damn. we're trying to get there. And it, it helps. Like, I'm all about, like, network stacking. Damn right. So I'm like, okay, here's the thing. My buddy Carrick Draper runs a mortgage branch, very successful, mm -hmm. with, like, a mega producer and a bunch of other badass originators in the Tulsa and Oklahoma City markets. My beloved UCF Knights are playing on the road at Oklahoma this year for the fall 2023 all football off. season. Why don't we just get into town a couple couple exactly. days early? We can do a T-Lop event, yeah. right? And then we can hang out with Carrick. Then we can go to the football game. Then we can fly home. Right? I love it. That, that's kind of something I'm down. Like that I'm thinking about. I'm doing. ready. Awesome. I'd love to go to a game with you, man. That'd be fun. Hey, if you ever want to, like, you want to go to a home UCF game? You know, I haven't, I, I, I haven't been in a long time, man. I really don't. Uh, I go to more basketball. I go to a lot of UC, uh, UFC. I actually go to a love UFC. So, okay. uh, last event, like sports event, I think I went to that championship fight in Jacksonville. Not there. That was really crazy. Very cool. Well, you and I can talk about that all that offline. Yeah, sure. I know you have a wife and two beautiful daughters <laughs> to get home to. Yeah. I'm gonna try to get to the gym before I get home to my wife and kids. Yeah, dog lift. Is it leg day? <laughs> oh yeah, brother. And JC just wants to go home because he's tired <laughs> of fucking needs to smoke a bowl. Hell yeah. So <laughs> nonetheless, best part about traveling with you, Carlos, too, we all got a DD. Hell yeah. Built you do. in DD. You're better <laughs> than a pregnant <laughs> chick. Exactly Cause, right. Because you're fun and won't want to go to bed exactly. at 11 o'clock because no. your feet are all swollen. I love seeing drunk people. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Hey, he's Carlos Navarro. I'm Dustin Owen. You have tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast. That is all the time we have for you today, but we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace.